Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you explain my humor to somebody? That's a really good question. Um, it's, well, it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. Um, I would say it's very similar to my humor. Um, sarcastic. Yeah, it's sarcastic, and, but but also not. It's yeah, I don't know. It's not dry. It's definitely not dry. There's a lot of moisture. There's a lot of moisture in my humor. <laughs> I like to keep my jokes moist. I think. <laughs> I think it's. I think you're. I think you're clever with your jokes. Thank you yeah. so much. It means a lot. They're intelligent. Oh, stop no, it! They're, not, they're not really not. They're silly. I think they're. Uh, they're opportunistic yeah a little bit but what they do which is what i love about them is they like dangle a cherry and like the other person has the choice of whether they're going to pick the cherry and make the joke funny yes or let the cherry like drop to the ground and turn into cherry jam it's a choose your own adventure situation and we don't often watch cherry jam Welcome to another episode of The Middle. I'm Jordana Levine. And I'm Holly Azapati, and we're coming live to you from Byron Bay. Oh my lord, we're sitting in my lounge room. It's so weird to have Holly in front of me, not in the computer. What the actual? It feels like we're actually playing a game right now, and this isn't legit. Doesn't it? Isn't that funny? Mm. You think it would feel more legit to be recording in front of a microphone than it would be to sit on Skype? But it yeah. doesn't feel like it. I feel like because I don't have headphones in. Oh, yeah. And it's, I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I mean, you're taking good care of me, George. I got my cacao. Do you feel weird like that we are making eye contact and shit? Yeah, it feels quite intense. I know. <laughs> because on Skype, like, you look at you and I look at me. <laughs> do you feel, okay, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. <laughs> so when you do your Skype and Zoom calls with your clients, yeah. I have to cover my face because I get oh. distracted. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm so Absolutely. glad I'm not alone. No, I have to, you know how you can click out of the option where you see yourself? No, that's an option. Yeah, so with Skype, you can get rid of your face and just see them full screen. Oh, I fucking need to do that. Yeah, I have to because otherwise I just keep adjusting my hair. I, I adjust my hair. I like do a little weird pout thing sometimes. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why. Um... Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. No. <laughs> well, there's no hiding here while we're in the same room. Well, I'm staring right at your face. We've been having so much fun. Yeah, we have. Holly only got here yesterday and we've already been to an event together. Yes. And we went out for dinner and we laughed a lot. We had a wine. We now had we're a having sleepovers. We had an adult sleepover. Yeah. Which so was much really fun. fun. But we went to this event last night. It was run by um, a local woman called Sam. 
Um, and it was like a, what was it, Holly? Like a women in business. Yeah, solo entrepreneur networking type of event. Yeah, like panel discussion type of setup. And it was really fun because it just kind of, well, it was it was confirmation for me that there's a real um, solo entrepreneur community up here of women yes that um you can build community with and connect with yes and i think it was confirmation for you oh girl that this is where you need to be coming to and that was a conversation that the panel had because it was about feeling you know the loneliness in business um and isolation when you're working for yourself and on your own and the sense of community that is so important and seeing that there is that community up here is just it was just another thing for me to go yep like even I told you the woman that I sat next to on the flight over we had a great chat she's lived up this way for eight years now runs her own business flies to Sydney whenever she needs to for work and she's like it's the best decision I've ever made so Mm. last night's event was just another confirmation of yep you've got your peeps up here and it's I'm so excited to make the move I just feel like I'm never going home (laughs) I know I don't want you to go home there's so many exciting things happening as well yeah but I just want you to be here for I know and doing the emotional voice you did actually catch me on I was so emotional yesterday Mm. by the way oh you were ridiculous I was in tears happy tears and sad tears so many tears so I feel like we need to shout out our beautiful listener who created the middle earrings yeah they're incredible I Literally, this is one of the reasons why I was in the happy tears because when we got that beautiful tag, I was just like, Are you, what do you mean? People have named earrings after us. And so they're these beautiful moon earrings, and they're by Pepper and Smith. And you guys will have to go check them out because they are fucking divine. So that set me off. Then my Uber driver gave me homegrown lemons to bring to you, George. So then I cried at that. Trent sent me or tagged me in a bulldog video of this bulldog and a baby growing up with her bulldog. No. I rang him and I was like, never tag me in those things again. And then I got my period. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Oh, it all makes sense. Um, And you just stopped yours, I know. But fuck me, have my boobs been so heavy. Do do yours get like that? You know what? Well, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Mm. But I – so I always get my period on the full moon or around the full moon. And um, I had a pretty easy breezy period this cycle. And I think it has something to do with not drinking coffee. (gasps) But we'll of talk course. about that later. Yeah. Yes. So my boobs, they always get a bit bigger, but no, they weren't sore this time. That's so good. Mine were mine were pretty tender. I'm like fully touching we're my boobs. We're both feeling our boobs. <laughs> but what was I just saying to you, George? I love boobs so much. <laughs> Holly just sat on the couch <laughs> feeling her boobs, saying, I just love boobs. Like I love boobs so much. I love boobs of all shapes and sizes. I'm that friend that if we're tight, I will like, I'll ask for permission, but I will touch your boobs. Mm. Like I just find them so comforting. I will catch myself just randomly and I will be holding my boob. Just, it's like, have you always loved your boobs? mm, No. Um, this has been, I've never, I've never hated my boobs. And I know that's a real thing for a lot of women and something that we can talk about. But I've also held a lot of shame mm. around my boobs because um, they are big. 
Uh, we'll get into that too. <laughs> I grew them myself. Um, but over the last couple of years in the work that I've been doing on really embodying my form and being really confident in my sensuality and who I am as a woman, I've just grown this deep fucking respect for all of my physical and my breasts are such an important part of that because they are a big part of who I am. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, George? Um, I have had a terrible relationship with my boobs. I, um, only just started telling this story publicly this month. This wow. month, I was going to say this year. It came out in the book and I hadn't I hadn't spoken about it publicly. So um, it's all in Make It Happen, my book, now in bookstores across Australia, New Zealand and the UK. And almost in Germany and as well. And almost in Germany. But um, I... So when my boobs started developing at the age of 13, only the right boobs started to grow, wow. not the left. So I went within a couple of months, I think it was, from... A, a both a cup to the right breast being almost a d cup Fuck. and the left breast not growing at all nothing nothing and that was at 13 shit and my mum took me to every doctor every specialist endocrinologist pediatric endocrinologists naturopaths chinese doctors acupuncturists you know kinesiologists everybody yeah and everybody said, oh, you know, this sometimes happens. She'll grow She'll grow out of it. You know, that left one will catch up. Just give it time. And then I got to 15 and it still hadn't. No way. So I was, at that time, I was walking around. Well, I'd go to school with like a chicken fillet insert, you know, of like course. those inserts in my bra. And so that always made me feel really self-conscious. Yeah. And at, the, at that age, I... I was so ashamed, like, it was my body had let me down. Yeah. You know, like, I, looking back on it, it was only this year that I realised that it's so funny that I never speak about it because it's not something to be shameful and it's no different from somebody having to have breast surgery because, you know, they've got the breast cancer gene or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But there was this real shame, like, it was my fault. Yeah. And I berated myself for it. So when I was 15... Mum took me to a plastic surgeon yeah. and said, "They're not. It's not changing. Like, can we put an implant in the left side?" Yeah. And they were like, "No, no. We've got to wait till her breasts stop growing. You know, we should wait until she's twenty-one." And Mum's like, "She cannot wait until she's twenty-one." Right. And so when I was fifteen and nine months, they put an implant in, and there's a whole story around that. We won't even go into it, but it, it is in the book. But for me, from from that point onwards, so from about 16, I had breasts that matched, but one was a fake boob and one was a real boob. And there was just so much shame for me around that, that I never, ever wanted to expose my breasts. I hated when people commented on how great my boobs were because they're, I mean, they're they're big, but they're not like overly big, you know, like I'm quite a small frame so they can look buoyant. I don't know, you know, like yeah. there was so much shame for me around it. Um, and I've never really embraced them. I've always kind of hid them. I never mm. showed them off. I can never not wear a bra mm. because oh, we can talk about this. Girl. Yeah. Well, for so many reasons, I mean, Mm-mm. they are, they are a double D now. So not yeah. wearing a bra can be quite hard, but also if I don't wear a bra, you can notice 
the difference in them because one will sit a little bit higher than the other one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, my relationship with boobs is very different to your relationship with boobs. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. definitely relate, though, George, to the shame around breasts yeah. and for me, similar to you, being a, like a smaller frame with bigger breasts and I, I know that there will be people listening to be, this being like oh poor you like oh it's oh. so fucking hard you've got big boobs and they're really great and your frame is small no. but but what I really it's an important fucking conversation to have and one that anytime I share it on social my inboxes blow up because there are so many women walking around experiencing the challenges and the shame and it makes me emo- it actually makes me emotional because it's discredited because I, I, I'm not sure why, maybe because the conversations aren't being had, but I cannot tell you how many times I have burst into tears bra shopping mm-hmm. because there is nothing that fits. Yeah. It is hard. Or, and this has only been a recent shift for me where I'm fucking grateful I have beautiful brands and businesses approaching me because they know that I struggle with sports bras or they know that I struggle with swimwear and so they send me like there are fucking great brands out there doing good work for big busted women but when I was growing up similar to you in high school it was like what's wrong with me like I just want to I just want a reduction my mum who I it's a genetic thing so my mum has big breasts too she used to punch herself in the chest when she was a teenager to stop her breasts from growing she was so she would get taunted at school they'd call her lungs and that anytime she'd walk past they'd be like lungs lungs because of her breasts I don't know why they call her lungs it doesn't even kids are fucked but (laughs) so so this and I can feel it like bubbling up in my solar plexus which is obviously our home of worth where it's like is number one is that the only thing that people see I don't want to be defined by being the big boob girl Mm. but also, now now that I've shifted into this, like, reclamation of my breasts, it's like, yeah, I've fucking got big boobs. I'm way more than that. But also, I love them and I'm not going to hide them anymore. I'm not going out of my way to, like, you know, plaster them around. Although, fucking if I want to, power to me, great. Mm. Um, but I'm also dressing in such a different way. I don't wear bras. Um, so, like, right now, <laughs> I've just got <laughs> – I've just lifted my top up for jewels. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> literally just flashed her no i've got um the 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 spell and the gypsy um what are they called bralettes bralettes and i just wear bralettes how do you get into that this is what i i need to just spread this to all of my fellow big busted beauties we can wear the things we just tell ourselves we can't Mm. i wear bralettes i wear spaghetti straps i wear the v-necks i wear the bikinis and the you know full piece swimsuits and the dresses that without a back like that are backless because we tell ourselves our entire lives oh i can't because and it's not just a boob thing it's you know i can't because i you know i I guess it goes both ways i can't because my boobs are small it's like why the fuck can't you Mm. let's just start to Wear the things that we feel comfortable in, confident in. And if there isn't any kind of <clears throat> shame, I'm not going to say the throat chakra thing because I know you're all thinking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's addressing the shame and the stories that we're telling ourselves around the part of us that uh, I 
feel as women, sometimes we might take for granted, especially when there are women out there who, you know, have a double mastectomy or, you know, are really fucking struggling. Yeah, I I think, and I don't want to generalize, so I'll just speak for myself here, but I think because boobs are so sexualized as well, it's like they become part of your sexuality and your sensuality. Yeah. And so for me, it ran so much deeper because I felt like there was a part of my sexuality that mm. was disabled. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. And it, it was never an issue with men. Like, it's never, ever, ever been an issue. It's never come up, ever, not once. But for me, it's always something that I'm afraid of when I enter into a new relationship or... Um, starting a sexual relationship with someone because it is this thing that you need to explain, of but course. you but you also don't. So that's of the course. conundrum. It's like yeah, and I think that goes for society as well. It's like, well, do I want to get my tits out in my nice new dress? And society's perspective of that is that I'm sexualizing myself. Yes, when that's actually the last thing I want to do. Yes, I want to be proud of the breasts that I have yes um but it can be so easily misread which I know has happened to you so many times oh my god George yeah got to the point where I'm just I just cannot give a fuck anymore because people are going to stare they are gonna stare at me and I have a hunchback oh yeah we were talking (sighs) about this yesterday I'm like I get so emotional with this stuff I fucking have a fucking hunchback and my posture is shocking Mm. because I don't want to walk around like feeling like oh look at my boobs but that's not it it's like I can't even stand with my back fucking straight without people staring and that it's just the way that it's got to be for me now for forever like people will say to me oh what's going to happen when you have kids and you breastfeed I'm like I don't fucking know like can we relax for a second like (laughs) oh my god yes they're gonna get bigger and inappropriate conversation right issue not yours yeah exactly and and I feel like and I I just feel like having this conversation is important because a lot of us don't think about the challenges Mm. associated with you know something like this but Um, I have been body shamed twice this year publicly and they've both been from women and that's, and and specifically about my breasts. So that's what's been really upsetting for me because uh, the story that I would continue to tell myself throughout my adolescence and, you know, into my early twenties was, oh, don't have your boobs out because men are going to think something of you or you're making yourself a target or, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it was something to be honest, reiterated to me by my father, which is, and bless my dad, but my little sister has really big boobs as well and he's just coming from the protective father position of like oh can you put a bra on or can you cover up a bit more like because people are going to stare and so it's always been in my head that protect myself from men but this year um the two instances where this happened publicly and yeah the two instances where I was on a live and I had a woman jump on and say why do you always have your tits out don't you have a husband there is a lot wrong with that statement. Absolutely. I went ham on her in the live. It's on YouTube for those of you interested. <laughs> There's something else circulating on YouTube with Holly as well. <gasps> you didn't. No, don't. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. It's oh, very fuck. Funny. Oh, my God. It's come out. <laughs> anyway, so that was so wrong in so many ways because, number one, why do I always have my tits out? Because I fucking have tits and I love them and also right now (laughs) they're on the front of my body they're literally on my (laughs) chest like I can't fucking help it and then don't I have a husband 
what the fuck does that have to do with what I wear, how I dress, how I show up? Like, are we living in the fucking twenties? I don't know. Um, so there was that instance. And then a couple of weeks later, I received an email paragraphs and paragraphs from this woman who basically said, hi, Holly, enough is enough. Um, you have no idea how many people are laughing at you behind your back. Please stop putting videos of your sloppy cans on Insta stories. Sloppy cans. I'm like, well, number one, my cans are definitely not sloppy. So I don't know what stories you're watching. Sloppy cans. Sloppy cans. She's like, um, you're attention seeking and you purposely cut part of your forehead off to get more of your chest in the fucking. Like, she has been analyzing. Who is she? Who was she? Just a follow-up? Uh, well, yeah. Why is she, Why is she watching you? my stories, number yeah. one? If my breasts are offending you, you've got multiple challenges in your mm. life. Um, and it was clearly an attack for a number of reasons. Like, I don't know if it was fueled by um, jealousy or, you know, the whole hurt people, hurt people thing. But I got so upset, George, yeah, and I'm resilient. Do. Like, yeah. I get shit and I'm fine. But, yeah, but it's a personal attack. On my body, which yeah. I can't control, mm-hmm. and nobody has any right to make any negative statement about anybody's body. body. Yeah, so that – and that I was getting that from a lot of people. I was getting like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, she's clearly hurting. I'm like, sorry, but it doesn't give you permission to be an asshole. No. And to literally create an email address to – attack me I deleted it I didn't answer um I haven't heard since um anything but this is the thing like do I then show up for the rest of my life wearing turtlenecks because women feel uncomfortable about the fact that I have a bigger bust no fuck that so when I show up and my breasts are on show it's actually a little bit of an activist thing for me Mm. I'm doing it for all of us who tell ourselves that we can't because we're going to appear to this or to that or men are going to you know think of us one way and women are going to judge us fuck that Mm. wear the clothes you want to wear dress the way you want to dress and like celebrate your physical female sensual form because as I said I love all boobs big boobs small boobs whatever the shape and size I love them and And it's not about how you how you relate to them for your relationship with anybody else other than yourself. No, that's so true. I think also it's just um, good to note that Holly and I obviously are both big, busted ladies, but we would love to hear the other side yes. of the story. I mean, I, I've got a lot of friends that don't have boobs and wish they had boobs and get so upset about not having boobs and feel like clothes don't look good on them where I'm like, no, you can wear whatever the hell you want. Yes. Where I'm the bridesmaid that gets upset. Yes. Because I have to find the strapless bra on the backless dress. So, uh, but I, but I am so interested in hearing everyone else's perspective. So if yeah. you do have your own breast story, we would love to hear about it in the Facebook group. Cause yeah. I think it's really important to, oh, well, this is what we're about at the middle, isn't it? It's, yeah. bo- it's both sides, all sides. So yeah. please do jump in the Facebook group and share with us your, your challenges, your experiences, how you relate to your breasts, how like there are so many ways that we can start to love them. So things like, um, what was that company you were telling me about? Yeah, so there's this Byron Bay company called no- Noonie Wellness, and she makes a breast oil. I haven't used it yet, but I've just been following her account. And basically, it's to encourage women to check their breasts for lumps. 
Um, and she's created this beautiful ritual oil for you to give yourself beautiful. a self-massage once a month and yes. a boob massage, basically. Yes. Um, I'll put her in the Facebook group. But um, but just, yeah, creating ritual around your breasts, not being ashamed of your breasts. And, yeah, you don't have to sexualize yourself in order to Absolutely display not. them. But I guess it's not – you know, I've had the same issue with you with my back. Like, I went to the osteo the other day, really bad back and neck for many reasons, cooking, computer. Past shoulder, life trauma. Past life trauma. <laughs> Shoulder dislocation, shoulder surgery, like all the things. But also, I hunch my shoulders and pull my neck forward because my breasts appear smaller because they concave into my chest. And I've done that ever since I was 13. And so, yeah, I've got some, like, serious shit going on in my back now. Yeah. So, yeah, there's all this sort of stuff to factor in. Yeah. Another beautiful way to, like, show your breast love that I've been doing is the dry body brushing. I do it in the morning, Mm -hmm. and I always start with my breasts, and I put oil on the brush and really brush them. And that way you are getting your check-in as well. Do you check yourself for lumps? No. Yeah, this is a thing. This is Honestly, like, I don't touch my... I mean, I'll touch them in front of you. But, like, I really just try and uh, separate myself from them. Yeah, right. Mm. we got to change that. You're looking at me, like, so I know, sad. I know. I know. It's really sad. We, we've got to change I'm it. On it. Yeah. Starting a morning ritual where you're... Like, so it's not even once a month. It's just a fucking given. Yeah. Um, our boobs are so sensitive as well. Like, there are people who can orgasm through nipple play. Yeah, I actually can orgasm <gasps> through nipple play, which is quite hilarious since I'm so desensitized from my nipples. That's amazing. Yeah, I know, but it's still, it's this real, like, it's a real disconnect for me. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that in another episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to go deeper into, like, trauma that we store with our sexuality and our sensuality, and I'll, I'll talk about my yoni de-armoring. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes, I can't so I've been juicy. waiting this whole podcast for that. But I also want to celebrate... Uh, one of our girlfriends who has done something very yes. brave this week. So our beautiful mutual friend Cassie Maynard has recently undergone what are they what's it called? D plant? A D plant. No, it's no, explant. Explant. So I don't know, I made that up. It's called oh, an explant. Okay. So basically Cass is literally recovering right now from explant surgery, which is the removal of her breast implants. So um she shares her story on Instagram and we'll pop her in our Facebook group so you guys can go and have a read because she's so inspiring. Uh, but basically, she started to feel really unwell. She's had her bre- her boobs done for 10 years. Disclaimer, if you choose to go down that route, power to your sister. Like, zero judgment here. Absolutely. I, I'm, like, so non-judgmental of this stuff when it comes to surgery, plastic surgery, whatever it is you want to do. Fucking and, and they served Cass for... A ten years life. Yeah. for ten years they yeah. served her and she loved them and they were like a thing it was a, she loved them but what she started to feel was that number one there was a disconnect in her energy and the way she was feeling about herself you know she was really starting to feel like oh I'm allowing these to define me more than they should but she's also started to feel fatigue sick brain fog food intolerances like all this stuff was coming up and as she looked into it she's like fuck this is actually potentially my body rejecting the implants after mm-hmm. having them in for so long. And so after a few consultations, she realized that's it's a real thing. Your body can reject, and it makes sense, like it rejects the, um, what's the implant or the IUD? Like our mm. body can reject things that have been put in there. Yeah. And so after 10 years, her body had started to reject her implants and so she decided to have them removed but everything that's come up for her through that like 
what are my boobs going to go back to looking like? And, you know, it's a whole re-identification oh, of I, self. Yeah, identity. Totally. Yeah. I, I just think, Cass, if you're listening, which I know you are because you love us. You love us. Um, I just think you're so brave. And I think there's a lot of women that are in Cass's position yeah. that got breast implants when they were younger and perhaps their identity wasn't fully formed then and they yeah. weren't sure who they were. And yeah. now they're just not resonating with them anymore, whether it's on a health level or it's on a physical level or a spiritual level or emotional, whatever Whatever it is. is. But to make that decision is so courageous. And we just think you are the best. You're the bump.com and we (laughs) love you so much. Go and send Cass some love, my my darlings, as she recovers. The other thing I want to share on this, George, is our breasts are smack bang in our heart space. Oh, my God. Right? Our heart energy our chakra our like this is unconditional love of self and our breasts are the home this is where it lives Mm. this is why it is an important conversation to have where how do you feel about your boobies what do you call them you know what how do you speak to them how are you touching them like are you ignoring and shutting them off entirely because in that you actually are ignoring and shutting off an energetic center it's your heart yeah yeah Oh, I love you. (laughs) I guess it's a bit of a triggering conversation to have. She's silent. (laughs) George has all the tears rolled up. And I just want to say, like, gently and with love that it's okay. This is part of the healing as women that, you know we can do it doesn't have to be the way that it's always been right and this isn't a journey about anybody else about your husband or your girlfriend or your partner or this isn't about them the way that your breasts are when you have sex it's not about that this is just about them as an extension of you and reclaiming your relationship with them from that angle yeah yeah thanks love ya i love you too Love you guys. Love your boobs. Get your boobs out. Oh, should we do boob shots? Get your boobs out. <laughs> Hashtag get your boobs out. Tits out for the middle. <laughs> um, yeah, would, I would really love this conversation to continue in the Facebook yeah, group. Because I think there's a lot more room for it. We might do boobs part two. I think so. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Um, but for now, let's do recommendations. What do you got for me, Jo? No, it's you. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm running this show. What are your recommendations? Well. First things first, I'm the realist. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I watched a really fun movie on Friday night. Oh. This is where I get to say oh, the ear yeah. healthy. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So it keeps popping up on Netflix and I'm like, oh, don't know. I, to be honest, I'm not a big movie watcher. I Unless it's Disney <laughs> or La La Land, <laughs> I tap out. I just get really... Um, Bored? Yeah, really? and distracted. Oh, my God, I could watch movies. I fall asleep. Okay. Or just get bored. Um, But it's called Isn't It Romantic? And it's a Rebel Wilson film and it's a Netflix film. And it had me hooked from the fucking get-go. Yeah, it's so good. It is – I'm not going to give much away. It's got a beautiful undertone of self-love and falling in love. Like, it's just great in that regard. But it's just fucking funny. It's very surface. not. There's no depth to it at all but it's one of those just romantic comedies it's really easy to watch 
it's got our mate Liam in it, Liam Hemsworth. Oh, my mate Liam. Your mate, sorry, he's not my mate yet. <laughs> yet to run into we'll him. We'll go find him today. See you soon, boo. Um, and here's what the ear holes thing was. There was a part where he's like wooing Rebel Wilson and he goes, well, he said something like, do you want to tell me? I've got really great ear holes. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I have to pause this and vox a George because that is a thing. And we're not in the fucking zeitgeist. I don't know what that is. The fact that he said ear holes and it was Liam Hemsworth and we spoke about both those things in the one episode. It just was so funny. It was the best. So that's my lighthearted fun just Friday night, I, this is literally was what I was doing. Friday night, in bed, with the puppies and a pizza. Oh, my God. You're the best. It was so good. I slept awfully that night, actually. I bet you did. But it was... <laughs> pizza in bed. It was a really fun time. I laughed out loud a number of times. Yeah, yeah. It Great is movie. a lolly movie. Isn't it romantic? Next, Reco, is... Actually, I'm going to talk about sage for okay. a bit and smudge sticks. Yeah, I'm a fave. Yeah. So we use, those of you interested in, you know, how why do we use the sage and the smudge sticks and the Palo Santo? And then I'm going to share with you one brand that I'm really loving. But sage is, it's a really ancient, I want to use the word, is it revered? Yeah. Yeah. And um, how do I want to phrase this? It's seeped and rooted in tradition, mm. but I'm talking like back in. I, do you mind if I take my jumper off? Oh, I'm really what? hot. Why you take your jumper off? <laughs> Holly's now sitting in her bralette. <laughs> I literally am. This isn't. We didn't plan for this. Um, basically, we use sage to clear and transmute energy. Yeah. And I actually should have done my research on this. Do you know the first people to have used yeah, sage? Yeah, so it's a Native American tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Navajo Indians. Yeah. Um, and they used it in smoking ceremonies to clear negative energies. Yeah. yeah. So the difference between sage and Palo Santo. So sage are the smudge sticks and Palo Santo is the wood. Now, Palo Santo raises energetic vibration, whereas sage transmutes. Is that how it works? Oh, I don't know about, I don't know. I had a look into it once because okay. like, what's the difference? And I feel like sage clears out the bad stuff. So you've got to have your windows open when you sage, right? Yeah. You want to get rid but of... But also I think there's the cultural difference between the two. Of course. So the Hollywood, the Palo Santo Hollywood is from... Peru. I should have done my oh research. My God, we should have. This is so bad. This is awful. No, it's like... <laughs> but I, I, do you know what? This is the fucking point isn't yeah. it? That yeah, we're using the these rituals that are seeped in like native tradition and we're making them our own, which is okay, but that needs to be co- coming from a place of respect because yeah. it has become a little bit of a trend, Yes, which is okay. We just, I'm just so conscious of like cultural appropriation. Yeah. And, and I, I want to let you say all your shit, but in the same context, you can actually be using Australian native plants yeah. to clear and transmute energy. So yeah. eucalyptus leaves, yes. dried lavender, native whatever, lemongrass. This is what these smudge sticks are so good for because yeah. it's native Australian oh, plants. Okay, great. Sorry. Yeah. Stole so, no, no, no. But the, no, this is the conversation to have, right? So it's actually making a conscious choice in what you're using to smudge with. Yeah. Because the other thing is Palo Santo is endangered now yes. because it's become trendy. And also, you can buy pieces of fucking wood and it's not actually Palo Santo. No. It's not Hollywood and you're just being fucking ripped off. So just it's make... Hollywood. 
Hollywood. Oh, shit. There's so many opportunities here. (laughs) But the smoke sticks that I've been using, um, the smudge ones, smoke sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Are you just going to let me say that? The native grass I've been smoking is... um... (laughs) It's my favorite blend. Um, The company is called With Good Intentions. And on Insta, they are With Good Intentions 1969. And I got gifted a a stick um, by a client at the end of last year. And then I went and purchased my own one. And each wand has different, I'm calling it stick, fucking wand, fucking what else do I want to call it? Has its different themes. So the one that I purchased is the Love, Sensuality and Fidelity stick. And in it, it has rosemary eucalyptus, oregano, cypress, lavender, ironwort, chamomile flowers, rose petals, and then it has a blend of herbs and orange zest. And so it's this beautiful sensory experience Mm. and it's been very consciously and deliberately created. And because it is a smaller business, I, I like to support smaller businesses in this rather than like churning out like I love tree of life, but like fucking yeah. smudge ones, like yeah, that yeah. are just, is there any intention in it? You yeah. know, because I do feel when you're doing something like smudging, it, it's seeped in intention. It's not just like, I'm just going to run around my house and do a quick, like fucking no. smudge, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, and so it's just something for us to all take away with good intentions is the brand that I'm using at the moment. Um, but also being really deliberate in what you're using to clear energy. Absolutely. And making your own smudge sticks. We should definitely do that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, dried eucalyptus leaves and some essential oils? And and... tying it up with a beautiful organic cotton. And I love that idea. Let's have a look at organizing something like that. Holy wood. Holly, Holly Blanc's wood. <laughs> That's I what mean, they're going to be called. We'll, we'll rattle off a few different business ideas. But, I mean, um. I would call it that. Um, sage advice. Um, so talk to me, Jorts. What have you got for me? Well, I'm going to recommend a skincare brand this week, which is a little outside the box of what I usually recommend. I've been using natural skincare for a really long time and I use beautiful products like Mukti Organics. Mm. Um, I use a lot of like Aiken and really simple stuff like the oils I use on my face are basically just Rosehip and Jehovah and I might throw a few essential oils in there. Mm. But I started using a few of the go-to products from Zoe Foster Blake because I didn't actually realize that her products were all natural. They wow. were all paraben, sulfate-free, all of the freeze that yes. you need. And I had no idea. I guess because it's kind of kitschy packaging and I just sort of thought, I don't know what I thought. Yeah. But I thought, um, I thought, thought, thought. Here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. Tell me what um, you thought. Well, first of all, I am a Zoe Foster Blake fangirl, so I'll just say that. But her products are beautiful and they're really active. Like, mm. my skin has improved, not so much today, but has improved so much since I've been using them. The star product for me is her Zincredible. And it's... Fucking love it. Yeah. It, it is Zincredible. It's the tinted one. Now, I have very fair skin. Mm. I'm naturally a redhead. Are you? Yeah. In case no you guys didn't know. way. So I was born a redhead. I morphed into a strawberry blonde. And then now I've just got like golden threads through my hair. Yeah. But, yeah. but my, I have redhead skin. 
Um, and I tan really easily, but under that is fairness. So I need to be wearing sunscreen on my face, yeah. especially since I came up here. Yeah. And sunscreen is very toxic. We all know that. Yes, we do. Zoe spent years creating this one wow. to get it right. And every time I wear it, because it has got a slight tint in it, everybody says, oh my God, your skin's glowing. Like you just glow. And I'm like, it's incredible. So it really is. It's free of all the things you want it to be free of. No silicons, chemical UV filters, parabens, PEGs, sulfates, GMOs, mineral oils, petroleum, synthetic colors, or animal testing. Amazing. Yeah, it's I need amazing. To have a look at this. Um, it's beautiful and it lasts really well. Um, it's just a it's just a accidental sun cream because it's you know it's I'm got SPF fifteen for when you're just outside if you were actually lying in the sun you'd probably want to try something a little bit different and it's so funny like i just love her humor that's oh being God, like written hilarious. into the back that's what i'm laughing at right all now of her, and all of the commu- yeah all of the communications like the digital communications but also the communications on the products are just so light-hearted and funny and beautiful yes. so the two other products from her range that i really want to recommend is her face hero which is her face oil Ooh. it's beautiful um, in- and then a hero comes <laughs> <laughs> It's got almond oil, jojoba oil, macadamia oil, brazil nut oil, apricot kernel oil, evening primrose oil, buriti oil, rosehip oil, calendula extract, arnica extract, kiwi fruit seed oil, vitamin E, sunflower oil, rosemary leaf extract, and natural fragrance, so orange blossom and rose garden. So that's really important too. There's no synthetic fragrances in there, which a lot of natural products, like we're natural, and then they put perfume in it. Yeah, if you see the word fragrance in an ingredients list, that's not natural. No. Like fragrance on its own, avoid at all costs. Yes, but no this good. is natural fragrance. I love that. And then the last thing, because these are incredible, I'm going to get you to use one. They're called exfoliating swipies. So basically, it's like face pads that are soaked in AHAs, like natural occurring AHAs. Can I use one live right now? Yeah. I don't have any makeup on. So they're soaked in natural AHAs, and they actually exfoliate your skin. So it's not like a rough exfoliation. No. There's no um, They texture. smell really good. And basically, it's just peeling, well, not peeling, but it's just shedding off the dead skin layers on the surface of your skin. Oh and then if you do it, say, at night... You put the exfoliating swipey on and then you put face oil on. Oh. It absorbs it so much better. Yeah. And my skin, I used to use like a Sukin scrub or something. And then I ran it through that dirty Think thing. dirty. And I thought Sukin was so great. No, 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 and no. And no. it's not. It's so not. Great. No, it, it's not. And, um, the, the and I was exfoliating my face like pretty much every day. It's yeah. just so bad. Anyway, so these, these products are great. And... Um, they're not super cheap, but they're they're affordable, mm. um, and they last. Like a, a a thing of SBF, a a thing of Zincredible will last me two months, I reckon. Wow. Yeah. I think that's another extension of the. I clearly did have makeup on my face. Don't yeah. you hate when you do that? You're like, okay. I've got nothing on. It's like I'm filthy. Um, <laughs> another extension of that reco is the Think Dirty app. Yeah. So the app is called Think Dirty. And what you do is you can scan the products that you're using and it will give you a rating of one to 10 as to how carcinogenic and toxic Mm. the products you're using are. And then it will make recommendations as to, I I think it makes recos, maybe not. I don't think Um, it does make recos. But we make the recos for you. (laughs) So Think Dirty is the app. Yeah. It's definitely worth jumping on. It's great. Um, So yeah, that's the go-to range. There's lots. Oh, and also the lip. The lip balm's really good as well. And all the products are good, guys. But they're, they're my three favorites. 
Um, now I'm going to go a little bit left of center in my records now. I'm not so much a record. I just want to talk about it because it's such a big deal. Game of Thrones finale happened this week. Talk to me. I don't know a thing that happened. I know. So um, if you haven't watched it, this is a spoiler. So I want you to turn, turn down. Off. Yeah, turn it off. Ask someone to listen until it's done so that yeah. then you can resume listening because yeah. we want you to hear the rest I, of the I'm show. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying I was very disappointed in the last season of Game of Thrones. Mm. I think it's been really poorly done. It really under-delivered. Um, they killed off major characters that like have who? been there for eight seasons in really boring um, thought out ways so in the final episode or in the second last episode we lost Cersei and Jamie Lannister who's Cersei again? Cersei was the Lannister queen okay I don't yeah yeah she was the beautiful tall one she was Joffrey's mother oh yes oh yeah, right Cersei. she died yeah so her and her brother Jamie who oh, were yeah, they were, yep, yep, yep. they died because the palace collapsed on them but it was just really like Nothing. Right, lackluster. Yeah, lackluster. Um, who else died? Oh, and a lot of minor characters that you wouldn't remember, so we're not going to go into them. Great. But basically, um, last episode, Daenerys was killed by Jon Snow. As in? Mother of Dragons. Killed by Jon Snow. Yeah, because she became the Mad Queen at the end. So her father had been the Mad King, and right. she, having been composed for seven seasons, all of a sudden lost all empathy and compassion and just went on this like outrageous killing spree where the dragon just murdered everyone in all of the lands. And it didn't make sense. Well, it ma- it kind of made sense. It was just dis- it was just disappointing. Yeah. And um, Jon Snow was just not the man that we thought he was. Like he ended up being quite a weak man, even though he was the rightful heir to the throne in the end. Um, and he so he killed her, but out of fear and weakness and because he'd been manipulated by another character to do that Mm. and so anyway so by the end we've got the the king is didn't Jon Snow die yeah and then he came back to life so like this is the thing right so all these things happened throughout eight seasons and it's like by the time we got to the end it was like what was the point Right. Of the whole show. Right. Because at the end we have Jon Snow gets sent back to the Night's Watch, which is where he fucking started the show. Yes. Bran, who was the kid that fell out of the window and broke his legs. Oh, yes. They anointed him king of the seven, well, six kingdoms. Sansa, who was Lady Stark, she became the queen of Winterfell. So her kingdom was independent to her. So Bran gave her that kingdom. Aya went, who was the youngest yes, sister. Yes, yes. Yeah, she went off and went to, like, conquer other lands. Okay. Tyrion Lannister, who's the imp, he became the king's hand. So Bran's hand. Him. And he was great, and that was great. But it was all this really kind of, like, comic... It was, like, a little bit naff. Like, there was weird comedy in the last thing, and it was all, like, tying up all these bows and, like... No, like, shocking conclusions and, like, just really weak and disappointing. I would love to hear what you guys think because I was watching it with my friend and he – we spoke about it for hours after. He was quite content with it Mm. because he's like, I feel like, you know, they kind of wrapped it up. We're not kind of guessing what's going on. And I'm like, but the whole thing of Game of Thrones was never knowing what the twist was going to be. You never knew he was going to die. 
you know and now it just feels like I don't know I just feel really let down it's been a it's been a really tough week guys if you could write the ending what would have happened yeah that's a really good question um I still am not quite sure yeah yeah I'm still not sure I feel like it would have been nice to see Jon Snow have a bit of a backbone yeah because he really didn't and I would have liked him to rule the throne and have the dragons I like that Daenerys died I like that her character arc was not what we expected. Yeah. Like, I, I liked that, but it just, I don't know. It's like they had new writers or new producers or something. Mm. It just wasn't right. And it's a lot of pressure on a program and the writers to yeah. get it right because they've been, like, doing so well for so long. So totally. maybe they just, like, had a brain fart. Well, you know, also because the guy that wrote the books, he didn't write up until this. So they were writing for him. Right. And this is where it all went pear-shaped. But did you ever watch Lost? Like, were you no. ever? No. Oh, see, that was really disappointing too. That was like eight, nine, maybe ten seasons. I don't fucking know. We got to the end and I was like, what was the point of everything in between? Right. You know, they were in purgatory the whole fucking time, which we guessed in episode one. It was just... I think comedies do end of um, end of shows well, like Friends yes. and like Will Seinfeld, and Will and Grace. Yeah. They like they bring the emotion in, but also there's still that humor. I think it's easier for comedy, or mm. oh, maybe it's not. I don't know. No, you're right. You're right. But they're the big. What do you even call it? Drama, fucking. Mm. Tell you what hasn't been disappointing totally. on TV this week. What? This is the voice. Oh my god, it's been so good. Uh, I love the voice, me Holly. Too. I me love too. it. I, I love. love it. You know what I love about it? Because a lot of other talent shows, basically. Well, actually, not so much anymore. But do you remember, like, back in the day, talent shows would have the people that were terrible and showcase them? Awful. And The Voice just doesn't do that. They don't. They don't have bad people. They have people that don't get through, but they're not laughable. They're not being put on stage for you to laugh It's not a bullying thing. No. Yeah. And I I don't know. It might be new producers this year or something, but they're really creating beautiful narrative with the judges. And, look, Mm. boy George, bit of a temper tantrum this week. Um, I don't know if that was staged, probably. I don't think, I don't think don't it was. So? No, because I think everyone was genuinely a bit like, what It was a bit of a diva was. moment. Yeah. But I'm loving Guy Sebastian. He is so goddamn sexy. So I was surprised sexy. at how attracted I am to him. I, I said to Trent, Guy is really sexy. And Trent's like, yeah, he is. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's not... Well, I mean, he looks sexy. He dresses well. But it's his, his like, energy. charisma and energy, right? And he's... Such a fucking good singer. Oh my god, he's amazing. He's so did you were you team guy or Shannon in Australia? I was Idol? team guy. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Yeah, I didn't I was actually with team Millsy. Oh, I'm still team Millsy. <laughs> Me too. Hey Millsy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was heartbroken when the Paris Hilton thing came out with him. Same. I was like thirteen. I was like, you're better than that. I was I know. I saw him the whole it was probably my first ever experience of heartbreak, to be honest. Oh really? Yeah, it was heavy. Wait, um, maybe you'll see him on the musical theatre circuit. Well, I've uh, <laughs> look. I have to say it right now. I'm sorry. We'll go back to the voice. So we were at dinner last night. Fuck. We'd only had one glass of wine. It wasn't because Holly was feeling vulnerable. I don't know what happened. I haven't told anyone this story. Holly decided to show me a YouTube video of herself um, as, I don't even know the character's name. Okay. So here's the context of the story. We were saying, like, if you could get back into anything you did from childhood, what would it be? And I was like, musical theatre. And John's like, what? And I was like, okay, I'm going to show you something. And it was when I played Marty... 
Marty. It, is that even a character? Yes, if you know the musical Grease. Like but not, not the in the show, movie. Not the movie, the actual stage show. <laughs> <laughs> right? I played Marty. Well, she was amazing, guys. Shut up. You were. Awesome. You were. You looked amazing. George Legs goes, 11. George Hello. goes, is that an American accent? And I was like, yes, it's Grease. <laughs> <laughs> How do they find it? Just search my name. Oh my god, it's so good. I d- I highly my record for the week. Oh fuck Holly's oh. musical theater. Guys, I sing Grace. and I just I can't. Please reserve judgment. No, I think it's so good. And it was ten I, years ago. I, I actually forgot I was watching you. I thought I was watching Marty. And Grace. <laughs> fuck you so much. Don't get it. It was so good. Guys. No, no, no. But back to the voice. Um, yeah, the talent's been really good. Well, who's your favorite judge? Guy slash Kelly. Yeah, I would say Guy slash Kelly too. But I I do. Um, Holly and I were talking about this earlier. I, a few seasons back, I was with the rest of the country and I was quite harsh against Delta, but she's really growing on me and she's very talented. She's fucking talented. She's got a lot of experience and I think that she makes a great coach. I think she's a beautiful mentor and she's very compassionate and caring. And also, she's fucking stunning. She's Divine. How Do you know what it is? Like it's this Australia tall poppy thing. Yeah. When someone is ticking all the boxes, we fucking love to hate them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, she might rub you the wrong way, but the last few years it's been pretty awful. Like, yeah. and and I fucking power to her for continuing to totally. fucking show up. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think she's great. Um, my favorite contestants are my friends. So <laughs> <laughs> I got a few messages this week going, Holly. How do you know all of the people on Reality TV? TV. And I honestly think there's something in the energy this year where all of my friends are really stepping into their light and Mm. it's so beautiful to witness. And, yeah, Luke and – so Luke Sankanaro and Tana um, are the couple that auditioned separately. And they actually sung. They were the singers at my wedding. So it was them and my brother and they sung me down the aisle. And they, you know, What did they sing? um, So my aisle songs, the bridesmaids walked down to um, Ed Sheeran, Tenerife Sea. Should this be the last thing I see? I'm not going to sing it properly because you guys are going to... No, I think that's... Thank you. Um, And then (laughs) my aisle song... Was EXO John Mayer? Oh, I love the John that. Mayer version. Oh my god, it's the best. Yeah, I'll try and get my brother to sing it on one episode or something. <gasps> He's so good. Oh, it was so fucking good. good. But anyway, they're fucking good people. I've shared Tana in my on my socials before she was on The Voice, like just because she's fucking good and her originals are so good. Remind me what judges they ended up with. Uh, so Tana is with Guy and Luke is with Delta. I reckon strategically, from a producer's perspective, they're going to keep those two in for a while because wife and husband playing off against each other is going to be amazing. Imagine if they <gasps> put them in a battle. Oh, my God, that'd be mean. They're going to they're they're gonna gonna put, put them, them in, in a battle. battle. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Soz about it, guys. Oh, my God, I'd love to be a producer on one of these shows. I mean, I, there's still time. Uh, you're right. There is still time. Mm. Um... So are you going to teach me something new? Guys, it's been two weeks with no coffee. I'm so proud of you. I am so fucking proud of me too. Good. Yeah. I, 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 think I, I think I made it very clear when I announced that I was going to go off coffee, but I'm just going to say it again. I, I'm not just addicted to coffee. Like, I love it. I love coffee. So it was, it was hard for me because 
I had the withdrawals, obviously, but I also was not doing a morning ritual that I really valued and loved. Yes. So there was a kind of a lot going on. Um, I think the the fact that I decided to go off it because my adrenals were so taxed was helpful. Yeah. Because it gave me real um, reason and drive to keep going. Just stick to it. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I did notice a profound... Um, what's the word? I need my coffee so I can think straight. <laughs> Effect? Impact? Yeah, yeah, impact. A profound impact quite um, fast. Right. So it was funny. I, I've gone off coffee a few times. Um, I didn't get headaches. Really? But what I did get was like a severe sense of lethargy. Yeah. And... Um, what felt like toxicity running through my body like inflammation inflammation and like brain fog and like i just felt heavy in my limbs and i just didn't have much energy and i think that was also the adrenal stuff so it was hard to determine what was what right um but i think by the time i got to about day four or five i started to feel a lot better now i also want to preface this by saying I had a beautiful consult with my naturopath, Stephanie Hinton, from The Remedy Kitchen. Um, I had a beautiful consult with her on day two, Mm. and she gave me a lot of um, supportive supplements, Mm. which I'm not going to walk you guys through because I think everybody needs to see their own naturopath. But she gave me a lot of supplements just to help with liver detoxification, um, but also nourishing um herbs for my adrenals and energy levels and things yeah and she also gave me a beautiful calming tonic to take at night to make sure i was getting adequate sleep Um, it's so important to look at your sleep when you're coming off coffee yeah because it starts to affect all of your energy levels and weird bits of adrenaline start to kick in to replace the coffee and it can give you a really um disrupted sleep but also when toxins are filtering through your system they can wake you up and anyway so I was sleeping really well so I think that helped of course it helped um I tried to have like a little bit of decaf at Holly's recommendation yeah and it was okay but I kind of got to the point where I was like no don't even need it I don't need it and it makes me just want the taste of coffee more and right so I've what I did what I did I is I was still having cacao. So I know there's caffeine in cacao, yes. but it's a lot more gentle. Yes. Um, and I wasn't having it first thing when I woke up in the morning. Good. So I would wait. I would get up. I'd have lemon in warm water, and then I would have um, like a dandelion tea. Yes. Or a rooibos turmeric chai or some sort of something mm-hmm. herbal tea, and then at about ten o'clock I would have a cacao beautiful and i'd put some like adrenal herbs in there i was using um jing from super feast yeah which is like some medicinal mushrooms and he she woo and all this beautiful stuff um and creating new rituals right yeah because that is such a big part i see george when people are like oh but i just love it is coffee is an experience it's not just i'm drinking it because i need the hit Mm. a lot of people it might be but it is the the scent and the holding of the warm mug and the going out and buying it because it's your break from work or whatever it is but like you said you just create new ones yeah it's so funny though like i i have this running joke with people that like you can't I don't like to have a conversation in the morning until I've had my first sip of coffee yeah and um and I really in a sense that was the case for me like I always lived very close to a coffee shop when I was living in Bondi I was literally 30 seconds away in Byron the roadhouse is across the road from Mm -hmm. me like Mm -hmm. 
my coffee is on demand if I need it. Yeah. And it would be that it would be me waking up in the morning before I went for a walk, before I did anything, I'd have to go and get my long black, drink that, and then I could go about my day. Does that feel like dependency for you? Yeah, and that's what it was. It was it was dependency. And the reason I went off the coffee was because for so long I didn't have any effect from it. So yes. I would have it I would need it to function properly in the morning. So I guess it was an effect, but it didn't affect my heart rate. Um it gave me enough energy, but it didn't pull energy away from mm. me. But when I had that big week in Sydney when the book came out and I said to you, I'm burning out, I've got to come off coffee, it was because even having the coffee, not only was it not giving me energy, but it was completely depleting me of energy. Yes. And that's when I knew I was in trouble Yeah. and there was no coming back. There's no coming back, girl. We've had a few people in the group jump in and say they're giving it a go too. Yeah. Um, And I guess it's about you acknowledging what coffee does to your body. So when I drink coffee and I look, I I know I'm so anti-coffee, but it hasn't always been that way. I was a barista when I was 14. I drank coffee up until halfway through my corporate career. Um, I was having, you know, three to four coffees a day. Mm. And then I had a little period off them, replaced it with green tea, which isn't actually much better. No. It's, it's full of caffeine. of caffeine. I was drinking like five green teas. Oh, my was, God. I thought it was fine. And my, I think it was my naturopath at the time. I was like, Holly, yeah, that's can't. just as bad, which is why matcha is a really good alternative. But even still, mm. caffeine. Yeah. Um, and then when I finally weaned off, and would have just one coffee I would notice what my body did it would like it shakes even to this day if I have an espresso martini and it's not decaf yes I am the person who orders a decaf espresso martini oh my god Ruby Thomas will be listening to this you just met Ruby this morning I was going to tell this story no the opposite so it wasn't espresso martinis but Ruby and I went through an affogato stage affogatos are my favourite dessert in the fucking world so she would order an affogato after dinner and then she'd say to the waiter decaf yeah like can we have a decaf affogato and they'd be like yeah sure they'd write it down and then they'd come to the table and she goes this is decaf right and and they'd be like yeah yeah, it's decaf. And she's like, can you just go and double check with the Well, you don't know <laughs> what they're doing. You can't tell until it's too late. But it's such a running joke now. I love that, Rubes. Yeah. If you're listening, let's go for decaf affogados. <laughs> affogados are the I love. I love yeah. the taste of coffee. Oh, I still? do. Do you still love the taste I of coffee? I love the smell of coffee. Yeah. I love the taste of coffee. And so it's only in alcoholic form yeah. that I will have it. Okay. And it will be decaf. Yeah. When we went to Vietnam at the beginning of the year, they're known for their iced coffees they they? make them with condensed milk oh my god and I was like oh well I'll make an exception I had multiple panic attacks off the back of that coffee and that's when I like that my body just does not respond Mm. coffee fuels adrenaline if you are a highly anxious person a type a personality if you have any kind of adrenal situation you should not be drinking coffee Mm. and this is where I get my like fierce coach holly hat on I don't care if you need it for energy. You're fucking yourself up by taking it. Yeah. There's ways that you can gently wean yourself off, see a naturopath, get all of the things. But if you're relying on something for your energy, there's an underlying issue. Yeah. Absolutely agree. To be on it. Yeah. yeah. And just to go back to what we were talking about earlier with um, PMS. Yes. Yeah. So I noticed a massive difference in this cycle um, by not having coffee. I had less period pain. I... I usually get quite bad period pain on day one and a little it's a little bit more bearable on day two and then it disappears. Yeah. Um, and this month 
there was a little bit of pain, but nothing like I'd usually get. Amazing. Um, my boobs didn't hurt. Amazing. Um, and I wasn't as fluidy as I usually get. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with your liver detoxification pathways. Yes. Yes. And, and coffee. Yeah, well, because it overloads your liver. Yeah. Right? So, um, that was a positive that came out of it. I feel we're going to do an episode on periods and all of that stuff yeah. when it comes to like contraception and because did you know, like just briefly, the symptoms that you have in the lead up to your period, we shouldn't be experiencing PMS and no. these things no. or pain or any of that. But depending on the severity of it, is it's like your report card or your scorecard mm. of your month before. Yeah. So it's like a really great way for you to see what's working for you and what's not in your health. So cutting the coffee out is obviously doing you wonders. Yeah, but I look forward to the next one. Because this one, I think, was probably too close to it all happening. Totally. Um, but I, w- I already noticed the difference. Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the next one. So um, I'm not going to go back on That's coffee. amazing, George. Yeah. Like, I will th- – it's my birthday soon, guys, the 6th of June. I think I'm going to – I might have a coffee on my birthday just because I do love coffee. Yeah. It will probably make me feel jittery, but I – I think that it's going to be my little morning reward. So that's yeah. still another, how long away is that? Like another Couple two of weeks. weeks. Yeah. So then I'll be a full month off it. That's amazing. You've done so well. Thank you. And to not have like, have you had any moments where you're like, oh, I'll just have one? No. You've gone completely no. cold. Ticks. And I think in a way it was so good. Like I said before that I was going through the adrenal fatigue at the same time because I was feeling so sick. I was on the couch a lot. I spent mm. a lot of, I spent about three or four days in bed um, and I think because I was nursing that, it was easier to get through the withdrawals. I think yeah. if I had to go into an office job mm. and think straight and function as a normal human being, it might have been a bit trickier. It is harder because you are having those detox effects. And it is hard when you're in the workplace and everyone – it's like a connection thing over coffee, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Also, I just want to say to people, like, I was drinking um, one long black a day, so that's two shots of coffee. Some days I'd have two. Um, but if you're someone who's drinking four, five, six cups of coffee a day, please cut down slowly. It's dangerous. Don't oh, just yeah. cold turkey Oh, it. yeah, you cannot cold turkey it. No. And no. if you need to have some black tea in between, yes. do that. Yeah. But just don't yeah don't feel like you just need to cut it out completely and also i do highly recommend going to get some herbs that can support you through it because it was um transformational for yeah me, your, for me. your liver really needs to be supported as does your energy yeah because you do yeah you have relied on this for energy for x amount of years you want to give it the support it needs yeah, yep. but go seek some professional advice yeah because we're not professionals <laughs> at anything not even podcasting holly's sitting here in her i literally and she ain't no professional someone call it <laughs> oh my god imagine if we had hr oh my god you would fail i would not exist they'd be like holly we need to call a meeting with if you. anyone who works in hr and is listening don't judge me please um uh, are we done yes oh my god are there oh 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 okay. oh we're gonna do a new fun thing okay do you want to talk about the new fun thing and well I'll there's get it ready? there's well there's two versions so because we're getting so much fucking brilliant engagement in the Facebook group. Come play if you're not already in there. And on Insta, we thought we'd um, read out our comment of the week in terms of a beautiful message that somebody shared with us um, and just sending some love back and or like a cool idea or a cool concept in the Facebook group. It's been going off when it comes to all of the catch-ups off the back of our connections. Um, Like we're talking 
people catching up in London and there are people from the States, like, and obviously like Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, Queensland, like it's going off. And we even had a lovely listener suggest a retreat. Oh, that was, uh, who was that? Aston. Yeah. My beautiful Aston. Who was like, let's have a retreat. And then we've like sold it out before it's even a thing. So that's cool. But George, do you want to read comment of the I'm week? I'm going to read a comment of the week from, actually, it was actually a DM of the week. I don't think she'll mind us reading it out. It's from the beautiful Liz.Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, just listened to your recent podcast and it was amazing. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> Having just moved countries to be with my boyfriend over this full moon and as a double Leo energy and multitasker queen, I was so confused and scared because I was super scat. <sighs> Can totally relate. Scat AF. A scat <laughs> um, Last week I was so exhausted as well, which is so unlike me, but I'm glad to know that it wasn't just me and to be a bit kinder on myself and just try and do one thing at a time. Seriously, can't wait for your next podcast. <laughs> Love Thanks, Liz. you, Liz. Thank you for reaching out. So we just thought it might be nice to start to share that kind of stuff because um, it really hits Holly and I in the feels. Mm, I've cried so much this week about it all. Yeah, and we're so grateful for all of you, so we want to give some of that love back. Yeah, even all the shares of, like, Pix peanut butter and, like... <laughs> oh, and so Holly and I were talking yesterday. If you... <laughs> oh, yes! If you um, are still eating Sarah's brown rice... Crackers, vinegar, crackers. vinegar crackers which as if you're not because once you try them once you pop you cannot stop i've still not popped uh, we're gonna pop it today okay we're gonna buy snack packs cool um make sure you take a picture and share it like you all have been because it's been wonderful make sure you tag sarah's organics as well because they need to know how important it is <laughs> that I love and recommend their products. They're actually selling out of them. I know. It's so funny. It's so great. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and also Pix Peanut Butter. We've had the beautiful Steph uh, Galvin tagging us and her peanut butter this morning with Pix. So we love that too. We will be sponsored very shortly. And did we ever acknowledge that She Bear Tarot oh my God. listened to our whole podcast and follows us? I know. And she likes... Oh, shit. She liked one of my posts last night. I don't know why I'm whispering. It's just like, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm hanging out for that June forecast. Like, oh, you wouldn't believe. my God. She told me I'd be moving. By the way, guys, also, I'm moving. Yeah. But she told me I'd be moving. <gasps> wow. Well, she told all, all the Leos. Leos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's so <laughs> She was talking directly to me. Every week. <laughs> I out Leo myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, George, do you want to sign this one off? Yes. I, I don't think I've ever signed it's off. It's time. It's time. Thank you so much for listening to The Middle, coming straight to you from the beautiful Baron Bay. It's a sunny 24 degrees outside. And we're off to have a sauna. That was so good. Yeah. Nailed that. <laughs>
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.